Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. It is a beautiful day here in South Florida. It's 8.44 a.m. I am only 24 hours late with this podcast, but it's okay. At least I am staying faithful to what I promised I would do and doing it weekly. I hope everybody's having a good work week and a good month, a good year. And if you're not, you can turn it around yourself. You don't have to wait for somebody to make it better for you. The power is yours. So today I want to speak about an inbox message I received. I was so happy that somebody actually inboxed me with uh, a request to speak about something, but they did not want to do the podcast with me, which is okay because I don't know how to join other people in yet, but it's coming because there are a few people I would like to speak to and interview about their past experience and and just dialogue with them. So there are three things that excite me about what I'm going to speak about today. Number one, it was a man who inboxed me. And I, I can't express how much that thrilled me. As a matter of fact, before I started this podcast, I threw it out there on social media to my 30 friends, um, you know, help me come up with a name for this podcast and inbox me. Don't put it on my page, just inbox me. Nine people inbox me and out of the nine, eight were men one woman, and then still on my page, I think two or three people responded, and it was one guy and one or two women. But that that thrills me to know that when it comes to adoption, um, whether to keep a child or not, abortion, um, whether to let somebody else raise your child, whether you want children, whether um, your children you wish you could get rid of them, whatever it is, it's it's an issue that men equally see. And I honestly, I guess being small-minded myself, I actually thought that only women were going to respond if, if there were any responses. I really even thought there was a, a, a chance nobody would respond. But if it was a response, it would be all women. So the first thing that thrilled me is a man sent me a message. The second thing is he's not even on my friends list. Now, doesn't know I doesn't mean I might not know him somehow. The name didn't jump out at me and I went to be nosy, checked out the profile, nothing on the profile um you know showed me that I knew this person. So I figure it's somebody who knows somebody because I did see somebody um screenshot that my last show was sent to them by somebody I don't know so I don't know how that person got it but once again that that thrilled me it thrilled me so it's the fact it was a guy the second fact it was somebody I don't know and the third and final fact is that um somebody inboxed me Somebody inboxed me. That was just thrilling to open up my message over the weekend and see I received something. So thank you so much for that. And and if you have a subject you either want to hear about, you want to tell me your story, um, like this story I'm going to tell now. I'm not going to share his name. 
um, even though he didn't ask me not to, he didn't ask me to either, so I am going to not um, reveal his name. And uh, I'm just interested, you guys. So as I said a million times before, this show was not even my idea. It was somebody else's. And I put it off for months and months and months, and now I'm vetted. I'm all in. So here we go. And I wasn't smart enough to come downstairs with my phone, so I am not going to tell you verbatim what the message said. I'm going to surmise. It's from Scott. That's a good name, Scott. Scott Davis. Scott is 43 years old. And when Scott was 15, he got his 14-year-old girlfriend pregnant. Now, the girlfriend was raised in a very um, strict Christian household. And so, of course, her parents probably didn't know she was having sex. As I said, I'm surmising. Um, but Scott, you know, he was, he said he, is, he was raised by a thugged out family anyway, so he's seen it all. But he, he had a good girlfriend. You know, they'd been girlfriend and boyfriend for over a year. They started having sex and they weren't smart enough to use protection ever. Um, said he didn't even try a pull-out method, nothing. He did nothing, and she ended up pregnant. I don't know how, because Scott was not specific on how it happened, but they got the money together for her to have an abortion. Her parents never knew she got pregnant. Um, Scott's brother got her and him to the abortion clinic. She had an abortion. She was 14. Scott was 15. Fast forward to now, Scott's 43. Scott said at the time, it was like, whew, close call. He went on about his life. Didn't really think a lot about it, you know, popping his collar because he's a 15-year-old boy, having sex and, and getting girls pregnant, so, or girl, girl pregnant. So um, Scott went on about his life. But Scott said about three years ago, when he turned 40, he started looking at kids that would be his child's age. Boys, girls, would my child have been a boy? Would my child have been a girl? Would my child be in law school? Would they be in medical school? Would they already be a lawyer or a doctor? What did I miss out on? I would now have, what, a 25? 25-year-old child, 24, 25-year-old child that could be doing great things. You know, what, what did I miss out on? And Scott said it started eating at him. Just the, the knowledge of aborting a life. I have no feelings about this, either against or for it. That is not the platform I'm using this for. But I felt... Scott's words. He said he sees his older friends with their their 20-something-year-old kids and, and the relationships they have. Would he have had that kind of relationship? Would him and his son, you know, be real close? Would he have taught his son the right way to go about life? Would he have been a better father than the absent father he had? Um, would, if he would have 
had the child with the girl, would they eventually have gotten married and had more kids? Would they be co-parenting? Would she have been a good mother? Because she was a good person, he said. She was a really good person. Scott also pointed out to me what that did to her mentally. He said she became a totally different person, withdrawn, um, timid. He used the word timid. He used the word withdrawn. And, of course, their relationship didn't last. He went on to have other relationships, other girlfriends. Um, as far as he knows, no other abortions. He, you know, wised up, used condoms, did the right thing. He said not all the time, but most of the time. And now he's married. And he said he just told his wife, I think he said he got married um, at 30, 32. He just told his wife this last year about the abortion. And he said he tried to reach out to the young lady on social media, but he can't find her on social media. So he has no idea what has become of her, but he's interested. So he's going to dwell more into that to see if she had kids, to see if, you know, if she remained or reverted back to the positive, beautiful young lady he dated at 14 and 15. Now, that story was really, really powerful, and it was very long, and it was well written. Um, and I could tell he put up a, a lot of emotion into it. It leads me to these questions. If you faced any adversity, such as Scott did, at such an early age, um, how did you handle it? How did you handle it? Um, or did you have the child? I had one friend that I know of, just one, who got pregnant in high school. And I didn't live um, where she lived anymore. I, I moved away from Missouri and I went to Colorado and finished school. And for the most part, you know, most of my friends, not all of them, were sexually active. I was not, but most of my friends were sexually active. Um, but there's only one person I know who got pregnant. And nobody in her family knew until she went into labor. I don't know if this is a real story, a fake story, if it's true, because it's secondhand. But she actually went into labor and ended up in the hospital her mother worked at. And that's how her mother found out she was pregnant. She was either in 11th grade. She was either a junior or a senior. I'm not sure because I moved away my sophomore year. But that's how her family found out. You know, it, it makes me curious. How does how did her family handle that? You know, it's too late now to say, hey, this is the route you got to take or this is what you have to do or let's make sure you take your prenatal vitamins or let's make sure you make your appointments because I'm sure she didn't do any of that. How did they cope with that situation. I'm, I'm curious now. Back then, it was more of a wow situation. You know, I'm a teenage girl when I heard this story. Wow, that's that's crazy. But now it's like, wow, you know what she had to go through to hide a baby for months, to wear only large sweatshirts, not button her jeans at the top, 
not get any care for that baby, not get any care for herself, how dangerous that could be. That's my initial thought. But then I think back to decades ago when we weren't afforded prenatal care, when women worked out in the fields, pregnant, gave birth and went right back to work. You know, we, we don't understand now. My, my youngest daughter is 23, and she had a baby in December, a beautiful baby. Um, her name's Melody, and she's just a bundle of joy. She talks all day, and she laughs, and she talks, and, of course, she's a baby, so she cries. But, you know, we had a baby shower, and she got hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gifts, and then I bought her the electric pump, and, you know, she breastfeeds, and she's got this, she's got a bassinet, she's got a changing table, she's got all these special bottles, she's got all these beautiful things that we feel like are a necessity this day and age. You can't have a baby without a crib or a bassinet. You can't have a baby without having all these swaddle blankets. You can't have a baby without having just a plethora of diapers and wipes and um, desitin if you need that. And, and, and you got to have that comb and that brush. And you've got to have a special baby bath and shampoo and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. You know, all that. Before she even had the baby, my husband went and spent hundreds of dollars um, making sure that she had lotions and, and baby bath and baby clothes. And he just went all out. You're talking she was three months pregnant and he went and spent all this money. But the point is, people didn't have that luxury back in the day. I remember a cousin of mine having a baby as a teenager and I was a, a, a young teenager, probably not even a teenager yet, preteen. And I remember her in the bathroom one time, and she got mad because we thought it was funny. It's not funny now, but I was a kid, that she was in the bathroom dipping a cloth diaper in the toilet to get it unsoiled as much as possible so she can hand wash them to hang them on the line out in the back of my grandma's house. You know, today to think about that, the strength, the, the um, commitment to being the best mom you can be with what you have. As a teen mom, I'm sure she had. Now, I don't remember her working. You know, it's summertime. We're all at my grandma's house. She was a kid herself. I think she was 15 maybe. But she did what she had to do. Cloth diapers. She didn't have no pampers, no huggies. She didn't have... All those baby wipes. I don't remember ever seeing baby wipes. I remember seeing cloth diapers and white washcloths. I remember seeing her washing in this big pail my grandma had, those diapers, doing her hand scrubbing motion back and forth to get those diapers clean. You know, nowadays we have luxuries. We have luxuries. And the people who can't afford those luxuries, we help them get what we feel like they need. Back to my original question. Do you know 
anybody who went through the same situation or did you? And how did or would you have handled it? At least you think. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I, it's not my mom. It's not my dad. I think it's my oldest brother. I would have feared his thoughts and, and the way he reacted had I been sexually active and got pregnant. As a matter of fact, he's probably the reason <laughs> I was not and that I didn't do drugs and that I didn't drink because I promise you I could have done all those things. My mother had extremely loose rein on me. I would hang out as a kid until midnight, one, two, in the neighborhood, of course, but running up and down the streets, you know, just playing with my friends who also were hanging out or hanging out at their houses. It was a different world back then. You know, I grew up in a trailer park and we'd run around in the streets on the weekends playing. Um, I would get up on the weekends and go for these bike rides and I'd be gone for hours. Um, didn't realize how far I went. I'm miles away from my house. I don't mean one or two. I mean six, seven, eight. Going to the swimming pool by myself. Going to my mom's job by myself, which was about seven miles from the house, on my bike or on foot. And nobody ever questioned. I came and went as I pleased as a little kid. I was telling my husband, I remember, um, we call it pedophiles, but I remember at 13, you know, I, I was shapely at 13. I had big legs. I, I was already developed pretty much. Didn't realize because I'm a 13-year-old kid and I still wanted to play all the time. But I remember this guy who lived down the street from us would pull up next to me and always speak, always speak. And he was never rude or anything, and I liked when he spoke, but at the same time, it made me feel some kind of way, and I'll never forget him inviting me to his house to come see him. He was in the Army, and he was a grown guy. I think he was 21, um, but the point is, I was a kid. <laughs> Why is this grown man inviting me to his house? I didn't see it that way then, but, you know, you, you grow up and you learn, oh, wow. You know, I could have been in any kind of situation had I taken him up on that. But not only was I not fast, I was super shy. I loved to play. I loved to run. Um, you know, track was my thing. Uh, all 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 30-year-olds talk about what they used to do. Well, I used to be a track star. I broke four records in two different states in track, but now I run for leisure. So yeah, the, 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 the things I could have done back then, I didn't do. You know, I had friends, as I said before, they'd be sexually active. I would go walk with them to the barracks. They go in the barracks and have sex with some guy. And then they come out and we'd walk around because I wasn't going in the barracks to have sex with these guys. I've been in the barracks before where I also had no business being. Um, I had friends who would drink. Some of them allowed to do it. Some were not, so they'd sneak it. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do anything. And I was never a follower, which is crazy because I also didn't have the guidance I needed to keep me from being a follower. 
I think it was just the fear of Mr. Gregory Artis more than anybody. I, I didn't worry about my mom, my dad. I, it was just my brother. It concerned me what he thought and felt because he was always in my corner and he did so much for me. I never wanted to disappoint him. So back to my story with, um, I think my guy's name is Scott, Scott Davis. Scott, his message was so passionate. I really hope he hears this today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send it to him and see if he would like to follow up, maybe do a show with me um, and talk to you guys. But once again, I got to figure out how to add other people onto this podcast so that you can hear them. Um, If you know how to do that even, please inbox me. Um, Inbox me. If you know me personally, call me. Just tell me how to do this. I told you before, I do this off the rip, so excuse the ums because I am not going back through this to delete ums, ands, or silent moments. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to post it as is. Before I start these podcasts, I talk to the Lord and I ask him for guidance on which way to go and what to say. So I feel as though whatever comes out of my mouth is what was supposed to come out of my mouth. I hope and pray that whatever I say comes across as me not being judgmental because I have no room to be judgmental. Even if I never gave a child up for adoption, which I did, or even if uh, I felt some kind of way about certain things. Every single day, I do something wrong, which takes away the ability for me to judge anybody else. I know some Christians who all they do is judge what other people do with their lives. Oh, you're gay? Oh my God, you're going to hell. Oh, you, you did what? You're having sex and you're not married? Oh my God, you're going to hell. Uh, you... You did drugs. Oh, my God. God will never forgive you. I feel like people like that are the ones who should really be cautious about where they spend their eternity. So I make sure to keep an open mind and an open heart to everybody through every situation because I don't want to be judged for my transactions. I remember transgression. See, I remember when my book, Vanessa's Choice, came out. Um, as I told you before, I, I did not want to publish it. I didn't. Um, and when I did publish it, I already am horrible with social media. As most of you know, I don't remember to post for weeks. And when I do, you know, I, I might get a few comments because I don't post. But I'll never forget that my book was doing really, really well in the Midwest. I mean, really well. So well, I was on TV, you know, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. I was on the news constantly doing radio shows in different countries, doing radio shows in the United States, traveling, speaking. It was overwhelming. And I'll never forget this lady whose book, I I support everybody. If I can help you with your book, I don't care how well it does. I want to see you soar. I honestly don't think that's my calling, but I love writing, so I don't mind writing and putting my books out. But I do see other people like being bestsellers, and I support that. But this lady, I don't know, I think she was feeling some kind of way about 
how much attention I was getting. And she, you know how you can go on social media and I can be your friend, but you can post something and you can make sure that I don't see it. Well, that's what she did. And the only reason I know she did that is because I looked through my news feed and I couldn't see this message that somebody else sent me. And her message was, um, I don't know how anybody could ever give up a child for a adoption. I think you have to be a sorry person to do such a thing. And I'm extremely sensitive. I, I don't say that often because, you know, most people who know me think I'm overly tough, but I'm extremely sensitive. And that really cut me like a knife. And I don't know her personally. You know, I bought her book to support her, but I knew it was a jab at me. And I even understood why I believed it was a jab at me because she seen me as doing well off of something that she might have rightfully despised me giving up a child for adoption. But she purposely posted that and blocked me from it because even when I went to her page and scrolled to find it, it didn't show. So it let me know it was on purpose that she blocked me to let me know also she was talking about me and my book. And the comments, because I read them, people were all on her bandwagon. Oh my God, I could never do such a thing. What kind of horrible person would do this? Blah, blah, blah. Never mentioned me. She never mentioned me, but I knew it was a jab and I knew how I felt. So with that said, I make sure to either A, understand why people do the things they do um, and get a feel for it, or B, mind my own damn business <laughs> and know that I make my own mistakes and not to judge other people for their mistakes. So that is it for me today, you guys. Um, Scott, if you're listening to this, I applaud you being a man and, and understanding what you may have missed in life. But I do want to tell you, don't dwell on that too hard. It's okay to wonder what, what if, what could have been. But don't drive yourself crazy with what has happened and what has passed. You ask for forgiveness from the Lord. If you didn't, do so. You ask for forgiveness from the young lady. If you didn't, do so. To her parents, do so. You know, but do not let this eat you up and fester in your heart and in your soul to where now, now that you've hit a certain age, it's going to start tearing at you because I promise you, the more it festers, the more it's going to interrupt your personal life, your, your marriage now. Don't let it do that. You can take the same platform I'm taking and speak to other people, maybe get involved with some kind of clinic, abortion clinic, or not abortion clinic, I'm sorry, get involved with some, some outlet where you speak to teenagers that are going through what you went through. Churches should have this as something that is spoken about. Don't, don't sweep it under the rug like young people don't have sex. Don't sweep it under the rug like, 
you know what, if we don't speak about it, it'll never happen here. Don't judge the kids. Churches are the place that people are supposed to go when they're hurting and and in need. So you should be able to go to your local church and, and talk to the pastor about this being a topic that you'd like to speak to the youth about. You know, the PAL, which I used to be a part of, that's the P- Police Athletic League. They only work with young people. You know, go through them. I worked with them for years, um, helping the youth study and tutoring and, and teaching them things. And that's something you should be able to do. Go to the schools. It's just, it's an avenue. You know, if you feel so strongly about it, do something about it. But don't let it eat you up. All right? Those are words from me to you. Doesn't mean I'm right, wrong, or indifferent because I am not a psychiatrist. I appreciate any one person, two people, ten people, anybody who listened to this today. Thank you so much. Please feel free to inbox me. Inbox me your thoughts, what you would like to hear about, what you've been through, what somebody else has been through. And if you would like to be a guest on this show, you let me know that too, and I'm going to figure this out. All right? Peace and love to you all. God bless you. Have a marvelous day on purpose. It's always your choice how your day goes. All right. Take care. Bye.